This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we have a very busy weekend. We have the show that we're doing today. We have a show that we're going to do Saturday night after TakeOver and Dynamite. And then I'm going to give you the night off on Sunday, and I'm going to bring in uh, Chris Aiken and hopefully as well uh, Robert Silva and have a show Sunday after SummerSlam. So busy, busy weekend. Uh, what I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I've, I've only been, I've only been married for 20 days. Like can't get divorced, you know, on, in, in the first three weeks just because of all this wrestling. Yeah. Be careful, man. They turn on you. They like it now, but they turn on you. Trust me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know. I, I don't know how I'm going to fit all this in. I'm, I'm definitely not going to be able to watch SummerSlam live. Um, so I'll have to watch that in a later evening or maybe over a couple of days. But uh, I'm definitely watching TakeOver live. I think I can definitely swing that. And then somehow, some way, I'm going to try to cram in some dynamite so we can talk about that in the podcast at night. Yeah, we might be doing a very late show so that we can also do our other familial duties and watch all of that stuff yeah i gotta do i gotta do some trickery with the kids i gotta hunt her up no nap i gotta you know (laughs) so it goes a bit a little earlier than normal so chloe goes a bit earlier than normal and all that stuff so we'll we'll i'll make it work for sure all right so quickly um just to to run it down so as i said we have the show tonight we're not gonna do um the dynamite review obviously because there was no dynamite on Wednesday, so we'll talk about NXT. We're gonna talk before we even get into NXT. We're gonna talk a little bit about the John Jones news moving to heavyweight because it, it's you know we, we were talking about Daniel Cormier and Stipe last week and stuff. So lots of lots of uh, lots of mixing and matching going on in the UFC in in the bigger divisions, and then we're gonna talk about. Um, the New Japan Show, the New Japan Strong Show, which they've been doing the New Japan Cup USA, and Jeff Cobb has been heavily featured on both shows, so we'll talk about that. Um, and then when we come back on Saturday, we'll talk TakeOver, we'll talk Dynamite, and then we'll do our WCW Saturday Night Review then. And like I said, when I come back on Sunday after SummerSlam, it'll be Chris Aiken and myself and then I'm going to try and fit in Robert Silva. We'll see if he and I can get together. And we want to talk about his greatest fights of all time list. We are in the top five. So we'll go back through fights 10 through six. And then we'll kind of preview that top five 
and just also get his thoughts on some of the boxing news that is out. Some big fights have been made, and also just the wacky news that Oscar De La Hoya wants to fight again at age 47. So. Oh, man. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. 2020, um, man. Oh, I know. I don't know what's going on. People have a lot of time on their hands, probably, just being thinking of, uh, of stuff to do. Yeah, man. It's, it's social distancing, staying at home. They start thinking all these wacky ideas. Like, I think I can do it again. I feel great. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> the it's just like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I thought of, uh, you know, playing baseball again, but then I realized that my right knee swells up when I get into half of a jog. So maybe he possible. sees what Mike Tyson and Roy George Jr. are going to do. He wants to do something similar to that. So he's trying to, I don't know who you would book a fight against that would be interesting, you know, for maybe Connor. Maybe I, do, I, I Connor feel like, he, yeah, I, I mean, I, I sort of agree with you. I think the Tyson thing probably kind of gave him the okay to do it because he's been talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it has to be one of three fights. It has to be May- Mayweather, Pacquiao, or Conor McGregor. I can't think of anybody else that he would come back for or that there would be even be big money in because he's, he's a draw and he historically he's a great draw, but he's also hasn't fought since like mm. 2008, I think, or 2009, 2008, 2009. So it's been over 10 years. He needs someone to bring the other side to make it profitable for him. But if I'm uh, like on his team, if I'm on, on Team Golden Boy, if I'm Canelo, if I'm Ryan Garcia, I'm kind of bummed out. Like, dude, like, focus on us. Like, yeah. what's going on? Well, what he should do is book it along with Tito versus Chuck. Because <laughs> that was a huge draw. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Chuck. I still have nightmares watching Chuck walk to the ring. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, the other thing I wanted to mention is Duan and I are ramping down the cr- uh, the Rocky Balboa, uh, the, the sorry, the Rocky podcast project that we did as our summer miniseries. So uh, this week we posted the Creed episode. Uh, next week we will post the Creed 2 episode, and then we will come back one more time with an epilogue so you'll still have two more weeks of the rocky podcast and i'll break a little news here not really anything uh said and done yet but i had an idea uh our buddy chris DiPietro, this was right up his alley i said hey you know that we're, we're doing this rocky thing what do you think about doing a similar project for the fall on the karate kid so he is Fired up, to say the least. It's one of his favorite series. And as part of this, so we're going to review the first three Karate Kid films in in very much the same way that we did the Rocky film. So very in-depth, lots of uh, breakdown of, of um, you know, just fact, information, scenes, dialogue, like we did with the Rocky podcast. And then also... Coming soon, and I'm not exactly sure when, but I just see maybe uh, later in August or maybe early September, the Cobra Kai series, which which was a TV series that YouTube uh, produced for their YouTube uh, live series or their YouTube. Uh, I actually think it's YouTube Red. Uh, that is going up on Netflix, so I will have access to those to uh, the first two seasons of that, and then sometime later in the year. 
Netflix will have the exclusive on Cobra Kai season three. So the goal would be to have six, uh, six podcasts on the three movies and then the three seasons and then probably do some sort of epilogue. So no, no promise on, on a time yet. I definitely need a break from the Rocky podcast. Uh, Duan and I were doing, you know, long two and a half hour, uh, recordings on the weekend and, uh, and and doing that, so I'm gonna need, I'll need some time to kind of just relax and and get my head back in the game, and then Chris and I will get started with the Karate Kid. So that is the next project. As if I don't have enough stuff to do, just add more to the plate. And plus, I, I love it. It keeps me busy and it keeps me creative. So and then um, there's okay. like there's also a connection, a little tiny connection, with Rocky and Karate Kid. Yeah, John Avelson. Wasn't the power of love or the glory of oh, love song yeah. was supposed to be was option to Stallone for Rocky and he turned so it down? There's actually a couple. There's actually a couple interesting things around that. Um, you're the best. Mm-hmm, yes. The, the the famous song from the original Karate Kid was offered to Stallone for Rocky three, and he turned it down in lieu of I the Tiger. Smart. Um, and so, uh, glory of love. There is a there is a glory of love trivia about that too. But I'm trying to pretty sure it's Rocky. I think he turned that one down as well. It's it's quite, it's very possible. It, it's very possible that that happened. Um, but, but that's why the, you see, had the that's podcast. The kind, that's exactly bring this that, up that's the kind of detail that we'll we'll get into. We'll get into nice little fun nuggets of information yeah. like that. So, uh, okay. So just quickly, John Jones moving to the heavyweight division after Stipe Miocic beat uh, Daniel. Daniel Cormier at the UFC 252. I have been wanting to see John Jones at heavyweight only because he had mastered that light heavyweight division and, you know, just really was at the top uh, and, and really untouchable until this last fight with Dominic Reyes. I know he had some tough fights with Alexander Gustafsson and uh, yeah, Cormier himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is the time. It's so funny because just, I don't know, it was like a month or two ago, he was talking about how the money's not there and, you know, he he doesn't feel like the risk is worth it and he doesn't, you know, he's not getting paid enough and this and that. And then, you know, he said that he's dropping the title. And so he drops the light heavyweight title and then soon thereafter, uh, he talks about, Oh yeah, you know the UFC and and I we're coming to agreement. We've been in talks. It's been good. And he's moving to heavyweight. So I don't know if that means he's moving to heavyweight in the current pandemic situation with no fans. I don't know if they need a gate in order to pay him more for what he feels he's worth because fights against Stipe and fights against uh, Francis Ngannou those are definitely risky fights for him. Maybe he feels that they're not, but I feel like they are just as he uh, as he's getting a little bit older here. But I think the booking of all of that is so solid. You have the heavyweight division probably booked out for the next year. And I would really do Jones and Stipe right away. I know Nganu is kind of the next guy and he's. You know, he's very worthy of a contender. We saw that first fight with him and Stipe, though. It was not a good fight. I don't know if they're going to be able to sell that fight. Uh, and I know and I know they wouldn't be able to sell it as, as, as well as John Jones and Stipe. But I would sort of figure out how to 
keep Ngannou waiting because the hope, I think, for the UFC would be that Jones wins and then he has this big, gigantic fight against Ngannou. And I think they could sell that. I don't know. It's not. It wouldn't do Connor business, I don't think. But I think it would do just about the best business of, of a John Jones fight that can, that can happen uh, right now. I think the fight with Stipe will be decently big. But Stipe is not not doing the other side of the uh, of the bargain with with hyping it as well as Engano doesn't even really have to hype it. He just has to be scary. And, yeah, yeah. And, 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 highlights. And, and Jones would tell that story, right? Jones would tell the story of how oh, you know, I'm so small coming up. This guy is so big, mm-hmm. and I, I think it would be awesome. So you know, those would be the next two fights uh, for. The end of 2020 or early 2021 through through 2021, but I think I think that kind of storytelling would be awesome for the heavyweight division, and it, and it is something for for Jones to really sink his teeth into because as we know, you know he he probably isn't training too hard for some of these other fights, and it's catching up with him a little bit. I know we know he parties like a rock star. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago, I think, at the beginning of this pandemic where he got pulled over because he was like driving around. Uh, tipsy or whatever. So, uh, but I, I'm in. Like, I think this is. I think this is really good. And I think, not that this will necessarily turn him babyface in any way, but I do think him being the challenger rather than the champion, or and I don't think he's an underdog in either fight. I think it's probably it, the odds are really close. So even if he is not the favorite, I think the odds would be close enough to where you couldn't really call him an underdog. But he can make himself the underdog. He can talk himself. As the underdog, and I think probably uh, get get some fans behind him in, in these fights, which would be kind of interesting to see. John Jones, the baby face. What about Jones and Brock? That, I mean, that's that's the that's the circus fight, right? Like, yeah, that's I the mean, one. If you can't start, say, you know, they they can't start with Stipe and Stipe, Stipe and Jones, but they had, you know, Zagano is really pushing for the fight, and there's a lot of pressure on that. Like, you can do like. You know, you could do the freak show fight with Brock, and then you know, Brock's a guy that Jones can could beat, in my opinion. And so, you know, the, a nice freak show big fight, and then leads up to the big title fight too. Whoever it is, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure in Brock's contract with WWE, he probably has an out to do something. You know, he's a pretty smart guy. He's not gonna lock himself into, um, and plus, he, you know, I think he's signing at this point. He's just signing one year deals. So, I like. I'm sure he could if he wanted it. If if Brock felt that he could make, you know, twice as much money in one fight as he makes for one year in WWE, I'm sure it is of some value to him. He would have to go back into the uh, the the protocol with Usada. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably not all that fun for him. And he'd have to, you know, he'd have to train. And and I, what is Brock? Is Brock forty one? 42 something so yeah he's getting older going into that hard 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 training camp i don't know about that but you know maybe it's definitely the probably the most marketable thing the ufc could do at this point in that same sense of like gigantic big fight say you know short of uh probably uh mcgregor mcgregor and uh khabib i think that would probably be the biggest fight they could do can brock Uh, even Get out of Canada. I mean, what's up with that too? I'm sure. Dana, I'm sure Dana has some some special friends in the White House. They might have to do it soon, though. That's what I was saying, man. Bring the, <laughs> bring the WWE the WWE special 
jet and <laughs> pick them up, you know? So, I mean, Matt Riddle can sneak on a plane and fly to where the hell they went to that one time. I think, you know, we could sneak Brock on, you know? Uh, yeah, no, you know, that that's, that's a gigantic crossover fight. And look, the UFC has been doing really good numbers for these pay-per-views. And it would be interesting to see what new or what more casual audience is still out there and if there is a lot of casual audience still out there for non-Connor stuff, it's got to be Brock, I would think. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think I think he would he would be the the best guy for that. I mean, Brock Jones would definitely get the the casuals out there. I mean, maybe Ronda, but uh, I don't I don't imagine she's fighting no, anymore. No, she's not fighting anymore. All right, let's quickly talk about uh, Thera One. So, I don't, John, I don't think you've actually heard this one before. No. So. This should be a treat for you. So, uh, Thera won CBD. Ooh, tea talking. Yeah, I know. This is the, this is perfect for for the both of us. That I my, my body is jacked right now. Uh, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wurzland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGund percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler. And these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. TheraOne's warming lotion Use it in your morning routine. The cooling lotion or the massage oil for recovery, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. So go right now, theragun.com front slash bluewire. We will have the full link uh, in the show notes on uh, on your download on whatever Whatever uh, podcast player that you use, you you will be able to see the link there in uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm filling up my shopping cart right now. <laughs> it's sounds, oh my sounds god, great stuff, man! So uh, I I don't you know I've mentioned some of my injuries before, but I've been having this like nagging thing in the bicep tricep area, and so I've completely stopped lifting weights. Like just went from. You know, I've probably lifted weights, I would say, in the last five years, probably every week, four days a week, like, and only stopping if, you know, if there's some sort of injury. So for me, like lifting weights had just become as much of a daily routine as like eating, you know, lunch or something. 
And but with this nagging thing in my bicep and tricep, I, I, at some point I'll probably have to get an MRI, especially if it keeps hurting. But uh, so I stopped doing it completely and went 100% into uh, DDP yoga in addition to my normal, you know, two mile a day walks. And um, so I thought I was like, okay, this is feeling good. But just recently, I must have slept on it wrong or something, and it's kind of in my neck. And yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a mess right now. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're stuck indoors all day too. <laughs> it, I'm sure it cannot uh, help that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, me and my neck. I mean, I think a lot of it too is it's my whole left arms because you know holding Kaylee the baby a lot still it's just she's you know she's gaining weight and she's crawling now but at the same time she still wants to be held and it's like yeah you know i rock her on that side and all that kind of stuff so just like every kid it's chloe hunter and now kaylee's all all taking a toll on daddy's left side here so you know so yeah that sounds good man that thera one sounds great i can't i can't wait to throw some on and see what it does i think it's I gonna work out great i like the natural I like all that that's it's great stuff yeah me too i'm definitely gonna look into it and see what would be the best thing because uh, I mean I've tried it before I've tried CBD oils and CBD lotions and they work pretty well I, I've never tried them as part of like a therapy plan so like a normal consistency but um, but yeah I enjoy them uh, there is pr- some pretty cool stuff out there okay so let's talk about NXT and um, without the AEW kind of competition thing not that I was not excited to watch NXT because I did, I was, but like I didn't feel like that. Oh, it's five o'clock on Wednesday. What's going on? It's time to turn on wrestling. I didn't feel that all day long. And then the other thing is, I wanted to watch it live uh, NXT, and I was going to watch the the two hour version, but I guess my Hulu doesn't have the East Coast version of USA and it has the East Coast version of TNT which is how I watch AEW live and so I like dialed it up and I threw it on and I was like wait you know this is not coming on until 8 and I couldn't figure out how to watch it so I had to wait until the the next morning so I still watch my normal Hulu one hour version of this show um, but I don't know I missed kind of the you know kind of the competition of both shows yesterday so now I know that you have the West Coast feed on your Hulu mm-hmm. you could technically do both shows in one night on Wednesday night. You'd be a four-hour nut like me. No, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, you got a new wife. You can't do that to her. You can't do that to it's, her. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just too much of a commitment. I like. I sometimes I don't even finish AEW. I'll get about an hour and twenty in, and then I go, okay, I'll save it in the evening. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when Crystal goes to bed, and then I I do a little bit of work in the night. I'll save. I'll save to watch the rest of it then. So yeah, it, it's just it's too hard to to do that. Um, you know, because it's dinner and and all that stuff. So yeah, it, it's I'm really a- hard. I'm actually really happy that it was only one show last night because I've been like stopping coffee, right? To kind of just kind of want to see. I've been drinking a lot of coffee lately, and mm-hmm. like, I noticed my anxiety has kind of hit up harder. Like I've been having daily anxiety attacks. And I was like, "What the heck's going on?" And I normally drink coffee normally, so this is weird. But I since I've stopped, mm-hmm. I've been a lot calmer. You know, a lot less worrying about stuff. Um, less, God, almost zero anxiety attacks lately. So, but last night I ended up, cause the kids went to bed a little late. I ended up watching NXT a little later. It was a little bit of a struggle to get to their show. So I'm like, glad I'm like, God, I'm glad I have to finish, you know, go do AEW after this. Cause I'd be conked out and have to like try to rush to, you know, to watch it before our show tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear you, but when, when it came to stopping the coffee, did you get headaches from it? Cause the last time 
I actually had to stop because um, of a recent health thing, and it was just better for me to not to not be on not drink coffee for a couple of uh, maybe in a week. But literally, I was getting headaches during the day because I didn't have coffee. Um, yeah, I got some some pressure definitely for like a day or two. But it, and now I'm seeing I'm pretty cool. It's just I know towards the end of the night now I'm starting to get a little a little sleepy. But I normally only do like one to two cups in the morning. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. rarely I'll have any kind of coffee at night. Yeah, no, it's co- coffee's great. I, I love it. But there are as you get older sometimes. You have some, uh, you can get some, uh, like it's, it's like a more of like a heartburny thing mm-hmm. with, with certain foods and, you know, I, I've had that before and, and so I do have to watch, but yeah, I love coffee. I, every morning when I walk, so we walk where we live near a, uh, pretty nice shopping area called Santana Row, and I walk I do the whole route basically through Santana Row and back, and uh, my sort of halfway point is the Starbucks. And I every day, as sort of part of my reason to do the walk, I grab uh, an iced americano. But actually, what I've been doing lately is I've been pulling back on the caffeine, and I've been getting a, uh, I think it's like two thirds. Uh, or something like maybe they only add one shot instead of three or something. So I've had to pull back on the caffeine just just because of you know you get older and you get start getting that heartburn and you know I'm gonna have to pull back on the ca- on the coffee, pull back on a little bit on the whiskey and just uh, body's bo- body's talking when Damn. when you feel like that getting old man you can do also decaf americanos too but i think there might be a shot yeah. or something in there I'm- yeah you you if you if you uh specify i think they can make it like that but um might as well just get like a well, actually yeah they don't do non they don't do n- uh, no caffeine iced coffee so i think that's really the only way to do it yeah but uh, okay so let's move on to the nxt show so i had um I I I was not really up or down on this show at all. I understood the purpose. I guess my disappointment was this was an opportunity for them unopposed to kind of, you know, maybe draw some of those AEW viewers. But the problem was is that it was a taped show, so it's not like they could run anybody out there uh, like they could on a live show. And you know they 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 do their normal consistent quality shows but there was nothing um in the hype that i thought took advantage of the opportunity that they had which was you know no no AEW and so i was like what are they going to do to try and draw some of these AEW fans i it's from what i could tell as far as the ratings were concerned just about every AEW fan in that 18 to 49 just decided to you know, watch the NBA or watch the news or whatever, you know, whatever was going on. So, um, you know, I, 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 I just, I wanted them to kind of shoot for the stars a little bit, especially because it was the go home show for, for takeover. They could have had sort of that double advantage of like really getting that hype up for the, for the takeover. Cause they're competing against AEW on Saturday. And then at the same time, see if they could hit that million viewers, that number, that, uh, that that is out there that they could hit. But, you know, they just ran their sort of by-the-book show. They did have McAfee do a live interview with Adam Cole. That was probably, I would say, the most interesting thing 
on the show because you kind of got to see a little bit of the the face to face stuff. But just your you know normal consistent NXT show. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty much in the middle on this show as well. Um, a lot of it for me was had to do a lot of the finishes and execution of the finishes really kind of took me down a lot of the matches. But um, overall, it was it was good. But I was kind of like I I. I thought it was. It, I thought it was. I thought the best stuff was nothing to do in the ring. It was, um, you know, I guess we'll talk about it soon. But you know, I like some of the vignettes they did, and and I did enjoy McAfee and Cole. So I thought that was really well done. But um, but everything else, I mean, they had the matches were good. I'm not saying the matches were bad or anything. No, there was no stinkers. But like, it just the finishes were kind of like overbooked in little ways or a little too cute, you know. So mm-hmm. we can talk about that as we go. But it that's that's kind of where I felt at the end at the end of the show. All right, let's start with the likes. I think the best thing on the show by far was the Keith Lee and Karrion Cross video package. Oh, yeah. That's what my the, number one as well. The way that they... And here's my favorite part of the thing. So, uh, you, know, you know, WWE is A1 when it comes to video packages. The way that they edit them, the way that they use, you know interesting looking shots the way that they can darken colors or or whatever so there's there's a moment in the package where um karen cross has dominic dijakovic in the uh in, in a choke mm-hmm. and then they blend that scene with keith lee winning the title and dominic dijakovic coming over him and like hugging him yeah but sort of in a choke kind of way i thought that was like so good i was like oh man this is so good whoever did that gets uh should get you know whatever the the uh, free parking or something you know the the bonus of the of the week because that was just awesome I, and you know neither guy was on the show as far as i can no. tell well they didn't that they didn't was, need it that yeah. was the hype for the the show this weekend i mean they can run them out there do a promo and you know yeah that's cool and and but like I, I like I like the video, hype video. I thought it was perfect. I thought it got me really pumped up to see the match even more. Um, yeah, you know, a, you know, WWE Productions, you know, top of the top notch in the in the industry, and um, you know, yeah, whoever did that, man, shoot, get that guy a nice, nice little bonus for Christmas because uh, really, really pumped me up to see it. There's some great visuals, with special effects with the you know carrying cross and the music. They got a, a Metallica song on there. Like they just went all out, and they should because it's it's a big match. Yeah, I I, I I'm interested to see this match because the thing about this is. I always say that NXT championship matches or NXT main events, there is an expectation when it comes to the work and the how good the match is, really, because you know that that is it is just based on the high bar that they've created. And I I will admit to not having seen a ton of uh, of Killer Cross stuff in the past. But I think he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, I think uh, Keith Lee. You know what I feel, how I feel about Keith Lee. I love the guy. He is going to have to be, you know, on his A game, absolutely one hundred percent. And we'll see what uh, we'll see what Cross brings to the table from a quality standpoint when it comes to a championship title match. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think they're going to work it really smart. They're going to tell a good story. Um, it, it's not going to be Cole or I don't know, and they're not going to be those kind of guys, right? They're the big guys. Even though I know Lee can 
move around like Gargano and Cole, mm-hmm. but um, it's going to be a different a different vibe, and and I'm looking forward to it. I, like I said, like I'm really pumped. That's my the most. That's the most I'm hyped to see that main event is for because I want to see what they're going to do. I'm really interested in the finish of that match. I think it's going to be interesting, um, and where they go from there after. So so yeah, I'm Dijakovic involved in the finish in any way? You think? Yeah, there's a good chance. Definitely a good chance at that but um there might be i don't know, I hope there's no too much too much shenanigans you know there could be though with the fireball and all that kind of stuff so you know anything's open now to what they could do but uh it's it'd be curious to see and i mean my gut tells me that carrying's gonna win it because i just don't see them beating him now i mean mm-hmm. it'd be kind of be kind of i think it'd be a, a bad move but you know keith lee's the, the man right now and but also, if if they decide to move him up on the roster too, there's a good there's a good time to do that too to go to the main roster uh, for him. They need some he kind of the post SummerSlam call up. Yeah, yeah, they need they need a little bit of sharp in the arm and you know on the brands, and he would definitely bring it. I think he definitely like you said last week. It'd, it'd pique your interest level to tune into a SmackDown oh, yeah. oh, or yeah. a, or a Raw to see Keith Lee. I'm kind of hoping he goes to SmackDown. Really, I think you know on Fox Keith Lee. I think he'd be a great star there. What was another one of your likes? I personally liked the McAfee Cole segment. I thought it was really well done. I thought I told a good story of, you know, McAfee is coming in. He's so hyped. He's so confident now. He's, he feels, he cuts a great promo. I thought it was tremendous. I was, I was not expecting that from him. I, I expected the, it was a little bit of I'm a heel promo, playing a heel promo, but like, but he had like conviction in his voice. He had seriousness. It wasn't, too goofy he's making a lot of brags and boasting mm-hmm. of course what he's gonna do and that was the story like cole sitting there like no i'm gonna just destroy you dude you know i'm gonna destroy you i don't need to say much yeah. and you know they do a little thing where like oh shoot you know he beat up these four guys oh my god you know not what did i get myself into i thought they i thought it was really good i'm looking forward to this one this is like the second match i'm really looking forward to because i'm really seeing how mcafee's wrestles you know, he has training with OVW, um, with Rip Rogers. Um, so I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And of course, he's with Adam Cole, who's who's such a tremendous talent. I The part that I liked about this was when I realized how good of a babyface Adam Cole is going to be. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to be a very likable babyface. And if he stays on NXT, I could see him doing a cha- you know challenging uh a cross at some yeah. point as the underdog baby face who just never says die i could t- i could totally see that at some point the part it, that i didn't like and and it's not it's not that i didn't like it i would say i i am sort of you know in the middle on it i definitely saw the promise in mcafee as a talker the thing that I didn't like is like, it's kind of like, um, you know, we know that The Miz is a really good talker as well, mm-hmm. but there will be some promos where I'm like, okay, Miz, you're trying to copy The Rock. And when you do your normal promo, you're pretty good. But when you try to do a Rock promo, okay, you're obviously going to pale in comparison to The Rock. And I thought McAfee was doing a little bit, like you said, that he expected heel promo. I thought it was a little bit of like Miz trying to do Rock kind of thing. But, you know, I, you have to give it to him for his first real opportunity on the mic in in that ring. I thought he, he I thought he did 
a, a better than 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 expected job. I just didn't like the. It just made me feel like it was like he was like studying like Miz or or Rock or Miz doing Rock or something like that. And so it did feel a little inorganic. But as a performance, I thought I thought he did a really good job. I think like I felt like early on I thought okay it seems like a, a guy doing a guy doing a heel wrestling promo but as he kept going which I didn't think it was gonna go that long like he really settled in and re- really bought into what he was what he was selling and like I said the conviction in his voice his eye his eye contact with with Cole was perfect like I believe what now I was starting to believe what he was saying and and now I want to see Cole kick his ass because I know this guy's just boasting and bragging I know he took a cheap shot like. I thought it was good. I like. I love the. They they did such a great job with Cole for doing less. He could have done a fiery up promo, right? Like I'm gonna beat you up, blah blah. blah. But no, he's like, he's like, okay, backup guys, say your thing. You know what I mean, like it was so cool. So you know like, what would have helped to me? What would have helped is if they did like a short little segment before that, where Adam Cole tells where his guys are like. The second you get in the ring with this dude, you need to kick his ass for what he did to you. Sucker punched you. Sucker kicked you. You need to go off on him. And for him to say, no, I'm going to treat this. I'm going to hear what he has to say. And I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to handle my business on takeover. I'm not going to do it in, in the ring because because if the thing about it and, you know, we talked about it when it happened, it it, it made him. I don't think it did him any favors uh, in, in that as good as that segment was, I don't think it did Adam Cole very many favors, but I also would have loved to hear him say why he's just not going to go in and beat the shit out of McAfee, like on the go home takeover, because he has every right to based on what they did. It wasn't a, it was a, it was a face to face, right? Nothing. I think it was advertised being face to face, nothing physical. That's why the security there was and. You know, one little cameo of Colby Carino was out there. Noticed that. Um, You know, they were there to. That's why they got involved, right? Right? When things started getting intense, those four security guards jumped in to kind of break it up. Um, um, I like that. uh, What I liked about it, which I see your point, but the story is that McAfee has always been talking trash to Cole about. You've always needed your buddies to, you know, your success, right? You've always needed them, and that's why he's like, "Okay, guys, step out." Okay. I don't need him now. What's up, right? And so that that I thought that was pretty smart. And uh, I also liked. I was, I was like thinking like, please God, don't have let don't let have McAfee have entrance music. <laughs> I just in my head, I was just, it just kept going off like, please God, don't have that's that'd be so ridiculous. Gronkowski is gonna start dancing. <laughs> well, he was expected to be there. Like, I mean, I know yeah. McAfee expected to be there too. He was invited, but he's an outsider. You know, mm-hmm. you have to play it up as an outsider, even though he's done takeover, you know, pre-show stuff. But you know. So he, I like the fact that he came, you know, out to the side door with his football buddies. And that one, bu- that one poor guy was rocking like a limp. I didn't think he was going to really take over, take down Roderick Strong. But you know, they looked intimidating. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I personally thought this was a great segment, and it got me excited for the match. And I think it's going to surprise people. I think people are going to, and I, you know, shoot, God, yeah, you know, I want to, I kind of want to see McAfee more of a mic as a heel. I don't know, so kind of hope Cole wins the first one, but uh, we'll see if it's going to be a series or just a one-time thing. All right. What else is on your like list? Um, Of the matches, a match I kind of really liked. and it, uh, Each match on NXT had a wonky 
kind of overbooked finish, which mm-hmm. drove me nuts. And this match did do as well, but I enjoyed it. it. Was a Rhea Ripley, Shotzi versus Mercedes and Aaliyah. I thought this match was overall pretty dang good. Um, I didn't like. I don't. I don't know if I would have gone so far as have Rhea powerbomb Mercedes on the cement. Now you know, like this, it seemed too early for her to get her revenge like that. I don't know if that's the end of it. It seemed like Morrow kind of mentioned like, you know, sh- that she's done with the Robert Stone brand with that. But what I didn't also like at that point was that Aaliyah, she was just laying there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, because Shotzi gets crotched and she's on the top rope. But Aaliyah, you know, she was in position for that, to take that move originally, right? Before she got crotched. No one's touched her since. Like, she never got up. She kind of like moved in position. I don't know. It just... And all of a sudden, Shotzi, after the powerbomb, you know, was able to get back up and hit the hit the senton and win. I just thought that was kind of, it would have been cool if, you know, Rhea got back in there, maybe hit her pump handle, boom, again, or something, or slammed her. And then Shotzi came. It just seemed kind of weird that, she, you know, Aaliyah is just kind of looking around and she just flops down. I thought that was kind of poorly executed. But I did enjoy the match until that point. And, um, you know, a little bit excessive on the powerbomb to the Smith, you know, early on this program. She, Rhea doesn't have a match on the show, does she? No, no. I thought they would put this match on there, um, unless they decide to do a last minute um, extra bonus match. But um, I thought they were going to do Mercedes and Rhea at Takeover, but they're probably saving a singles match at least for for some time during the the USA show. Yeah, we also have to sort of figure out what happens uh, in in the women's championship match because very much like we're talking about keith lee they could always bring up eo uh, mm-hmm. to replace Kyrie. um yeah so i just took a quick look at the uh at this the card and it is there there's nothing with Rhea on it and the one pre-show match is uh, brizango uh, versus oni lorkin and denny birch versus uh uh raul mendoza and joaquin wilde um, okay, so what about our dislikes? So I will I will kick off our, our dislikes here. I think the whole Ridge Holland Johnny Gargano presentation from soup to nuts wasn't my cup of tea. I obviously I didn't really want to see Ridge Holland in a position like this because I knew he was going to have to lose this match. Um, and yeah, you know, losing is fine. But he just looking at the guy, uh, he's definitely got some appeal. He's got some promise. Um, the <laughs> the obviously the power slam was kind of mm-hmm. funky and and Gargano. It sounds like he's okay, but that was yeah. pretty scary. Very. Yeah. And uh, and that kind of took me out of it. I didn't realize that it had happened, or you know, because obviously the show's taped. But I didn't. I'm watching it, going like, what the hell? And then I realized, okay, this is taped so he's mm. we if, if he wasn't fine we would have heard about it yeah uh and so you know that that was pre- pretty scary and just not stopping the match they didn't want to stop the match i guess they actually did a couple of different versions of this match but um I, I i i just didn't think like this was necessarily the spot for ridge holland here and uh the other thing was i don't know i'm not really in love with his presentation like his uh, his gear when he comes to the ring, his gear in the ring. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just okay. It was like, yeah, 
He he looks cool. I th- I just think he can look like even more of a badass, more of a cool badass than he does. I kind I kind of like his gimmick. I like his slow walk with the I guess the I don't even call it Billy Club. I guess and and you haven't seen his full presentation because I mean I know you never watch you don't watch NXT UK, but you know over there he would you know destroy guys and then as he's leaving he puts his hat back on and tips the cap. You know, like, you know, it's just, he's just, uh, just a cool guy, cool gimmick. I, I think, I don't like him losing either. I, I, once I saw this match booked, I was like, oh, I was just praying to God that, you know, Rich Holland would win because I don't want to see him lose. I know the, here in NXT USA wasn't his original plan, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were building him up for NXT UK. I, I, they, I felt like they were just building him up as a guy that's probably going to beat Walter eventually or, or. Or um or beat him sometime down the line if we Walter would get the belt back again or vice mm-hmm. versa whatever he was gonna definitely him and Walter were definitely on a collision course and so I don't know what's gonna happen in NXT UK I don't know if they're when they're gonna start up again it's probably gonna be for a very very long time it seems like so he 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 lives in the United States he's you know he's uh out here so they they used him he was just out there with the audience you know for a very long time and i was like gosh this is one guy don't want to be in the audience you know leave him leave him leave him off camera please you know well he Uh, look he just has a different look to him that you don't really see in wrestling like and he's usually thicker and bigger and more cut and uh he's like you know i guess a mini brock lesnar i want to say because he's not as tall as brock but but he's 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 really good at such a such a, such a young in his young career. Um, I thought the match was really good. I didn't like the finish. I thought the finish, the execution, of the finish didn't come off right. I mean, I personally feel, feel the referee saw the low blow. I know they said that he didn't see it, but like to me, it looked like he he should have saw it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I know they're giving him an out, and that's the out. But I think they could have done maybe something different, or uh, maybe you know, like Candice Ray could have. You know, jumped on the apron early in the match and distracted Ridge, and the referee tells her to get down. And you know, Johnny takes a little advantage there, but doesn't really get the full advantage. He gets a little couple shots in, and then Ridge slams him and takes over again. And then Candace again sometimes jumps up again, tries to distract again, and, and then finally that's the cutoff. Boom, 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 boom. Now, now there's a big comeback from Ridge, and now she pops up again. This time he just grabs her, he snatches her like. I'm tired of you, you know, picks her up. That's when a low blow, maybe the referees with, you know, Ridge and telling her to take her, you know, put her down, put her down. That's when Gargano comes with a big low blow with the referee you can't see it. And then, you know, maybe hits the big uh, springboard DET that he has or something. Because I just thought the way it was executed, the referee, you know, it's hard for him not, he can't just not, he can't just look away, you know, like he kind of came back in. So this is like, this show had a full show of just, I thought, Missed, missed finishes and, and poorly done. I don't know if it was just, you know, being tired or, you know, long taping or, you know, creatively just tired. It's just, I thought they could have been cleaner on some of these finishes. All right, before we get to the rest of our dislikes, uh, let's talk about the NFL Sunday ticket. I think as of this recording, the NFL is back in like, gosh, like something like 20 days. Uh, and, you know, I think... All prospects look look a go, so uh, you should expect to see some football. Uh, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. I've already been 
Uh, I've already received my invites to the other fantasy football leagues, including the uh, Wrestling Observer Fantasy Football League run by Antonio the Promise Thomas. Uh, no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, what else was uh, what what was in your dislikes? Um, the finish of the six man tag. Did you get a chance to see that? The six man tag with the uh, Logano de Fantasma versus uh, Brizongo, your favorite tag team. No, I and, think uh, I think my Hulu Swerve. my Hulu just automatically just removes any Brizongo related uh, related <laughs> matches. I just don't see them. Well, it was one of those finishes, you know, Swerve is hot, he, he he's legal, he's going to town on everyone, and, you know, uh, he's in complete control, and he looked like he's going to beat Phantasm. There's a there's a collision spot, Swerve actually gets falls into uh, Tyler Breeze on the outside, and that becomes a tag, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then as Swerve gets a pin, like you think he's going to pin uh, Phantasma, the referee's like, no, he's legal. You're not legal. So, and then Breeze, you know, Tyler Breeze, you know, he he gets in, and I thought his comeback, his big, his, his big, his big comeback wasn't as, as hot, and and he ends up getting pinned. I just thought it was like that was just too much overthinking it, right? I really just I would just kept it simple, and have Swerve beat one of the other two, either Raul Mendoza or Joaquin, right? I just have him get a big win to, and like stare at. Phantasma or uh, Santos Escobar and be like, I'm coming for you, man. I already beat one of these guys. And then maybe in the next week or two weeks down the line, you could do a match with who had the other guy he didn't beat, right? And then he beats that guy. So now you set him up for the big championship matchup versus Santos Escobar. You know, he has two wins over his buddies. I just thought, like, this was just too overbooked, man. And it just, it just didn't come off the way, the way they wanted to. I thought they was just being too cute. I agree with you based on what I heard. Obviously, I didn't see it, but I heard I heard a couple of people uh, talking about this, and uh, and yeah. So I, I think I don't think you are by yourself with the frustration in this one. Yeah. So one of the other so my last dislike is the Dakota Kai and Jesse Kamea match. Um, I thought it was you know just whatever, but uh, I was kind of wondering what you thought here because. Obviously, we have Dakota Kai facing Io in one of the championship matches. She's been strong. She's looked great. Uh, there was a segment that I did enjoy where uh, where Io uh, had to had to deal with um, Dakota and uh, Raquel. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, she looks gigantic. She was jacked. She is. Oh, She's, my God. Yeah, she looked great. That was awesome. Uh, but I don't know. I was wondering if you thought, because I, I know one of your complaints with AEW sometimes is that they don't do enough squash matches. Everything is sort of competitive. And I wondered if you thought that they needed to do a little bit more of a squash match here to get Dakota ready for EO. Uh, no, I thought this was fine because it wasn't too long. There wasn't a bunch of um, near falls or, you know, like that. It wasn't, it was, you know, Jesse, Jesse Kamea, who used to be Jesse's show. She used to be, um, like she did that kind of that more of like a nerdy 
gimmick, almost like a YouTube thing. I think she mm-hmm. was doing at one point in time. Um, you know, she got some offense in. She showed something because she hasn't been on TV in a while, and and you know they they need to freshen up the women. So hopefully, you know, she can come back. She seems like a great athlete, man. She does uh, some cool I, stuff. Uh, I heard Big Dave say uh, vol- volleyball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She 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 impressed me. I mean, she's definitely still still young and green. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this match was the reveal that Raquel Gonzalez is back. Yeah, I would have saved this for the title match because the whole buildup, or at least Dakota has been saying, which I knew was a was a misdirect, but she's like, I don't need anyone. I'm not, you know I'm doing it on my own, right? And and that's when if she does win against EO, if that's the if that's the plan. I thought it'd be perfect for Raquel to show up and she needs Raquel to be EO and that's how she does it. And it's all, you know, that's, that's like her big master plan thing. So Mm -hmm. revealing Raquel now I thought was, you know, was, I don't know. I thought that was a mistake. I think if she shows up, I think it would have had more impact at the takeover show than, than here on uh, the night, the, the go home show. All right. What about you? Um, that was basically it. I, I wasn't really hyped. I mean, I understood the ending of the show. I understood it. it's like it's like the old, hey the Royal Rumble's happening, right? So you have this big mass battle royal to close out the go home show, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was it was fine. I don't know. Maybe I think this is, this is definitely one of those segments where you really. I mean, even though they piped in crowd noise and they had people there, this is one that I think would have got over a little more with a you know a real crowd there. Um, a little bit too, a little bit too much for me. A little too like, a little too choreographed. Okay, here comes this guy. I did like the, the only thing I did like that was pretty cool is like uh, Damian Priest kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That was that was cool. Uh, Cameron Grimes, he's always entertaining. Um, I liked uh, as a match itself. Finn Balor, the best, the best part of the the post match craziness was that fact that Timmy Thatcher came out and attacked Finn Balor. I thought mm-hmm. that was that was a surprise. That was great. Um, and we're getting that match, which is shocking. I didn't think we we're gonna get it that soon at Takeover, which is gonna be pretty damn awesome. I would, I would have to be right. I mean, those guys are tremendous. Um, but other than that, I thought it the uh, the match with Dream and Balor was good. I think Dream's better as a heel. Yeah, he works better absolutely. as a heel. What I like about Dream's work is that he he just moves differently than everyone else, right? Just like Ma- he's you know one of his favorites is Macho Man. But you know how Macho Man moved differently from everyone else, right? He just he just felt different, and he just the way he moved was different. Um, same thing with Dream, the way he moves around the ring, I thought I I really liked, and thought the match was good. I didn't think it needed all the the you know what, but you know I get what they're doing because they're they're you know they're building up this big who's gonna get it, and I like the uh, Bronson Reed at the end standing tall again, which again I think is another misdirect because I do think. This is going to be built that Damian Priest should win in person. I think he needs it if he's mm-hmm. going to stick around NXT. Uh, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I hope Priest wins, but uh, Reed has been strong, so I assume he's in the mix at, at some point. Uh, I, I agree with you. This is a WWE trope that often works. Like I'm not saying that this doesn't work to get excited for a match, but once you saw it coming, you sort of understood what was happening and you figured it out. It was that that kind of thing. You're like, uh, okay. Like I, I was hoping, you know, cause this was a long match. This wasn't yeah. a short match. And at the end, you know, 
you know, uh, Dream squeaks squeaks through and 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 wins as a heel, which is which is fine too. But I, once I just saw what was going on, I was like, okay, I kind of know what's going on here. There's there's going to be a, a lot of stuff going on, and then you know, Finn's going to lose because he gets screwed, and and you know, everyone's going to get their stuff in, and they're just really the match is really there to hype that North American ladder match, which is going to be, I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm interested in all of those characters. I think uh, everyone is going to shine and I hope that uh, there's one or two that shine a little bit more and that they actually use this as a way to uh, push them a little bit further ahead of the game than they currently are. I think I think that's what what's going to happen and I'm excited to see it. But yeah, just as a match, as a main event, you're like, okay, I've seen this a thousand times on Raw before. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be fine, but... You know, this, it just made it again. It, it made it feel more like main roster stuff than normally what you get from NXT. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't call it a WWE trope. I would call it just a wrestling trope because you know, Watts did the same thing. A bunch of people coming out, all different programs at the end of the night. Um, but the reason he, it's a WWE trope is because well, we have seen it for we've been seeing it forever because there hasn't been other promotions. Well, but but it's mostly like you said with the. Um, these multi-man matches, uh, you know, Money in the Bank or a Survivor Series, like that. That's kind of when they pull it out, and no, nobody does that does stuff like that as far as those kind of matches. Yeah, so. ECW was a big. They used to do this all the time, but everyone would come out in the night, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, I think it was. I th- like I said, I think it would have been a better received. I would have received it better if there was actually a live crowd. I think a live crowd, a real crowd would have ate this up, you know, I think they would have been going crazy for it, but, um, you know, this just felt flat, but I think it's just because of the, you know, the, the, the pandemic wrestling era, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just one of those things that just didn't work here. Okay. So let's talk about the new Japan show that I know you were interested in talking about this show. So we both decided to watch it. I actually had the first, uh, week of the tournament on in the background. I didn't watch super closely, but I did get to see um, uh, Jeff Cobb's uh, match. I got to see Carl Fredericks' match. Uh, Jeff Jeff Cobb against uh, was it Tangaloa, right? Tangaloa, yeah. And then I got to see Carl, uh, which which was cool seeing Carl uh, do a little bit more than what he was doing as a young lion. So pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so this second week uh, it was full of. Um, so it was the semifinal matches in the New Japan Cup, New New Japan USA Cup, and then there were two tags. And I know you're a big fan. You, you last week you called yourself the Farhan Zaidi of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You like your young guys. You like your prospects. What did you think of Barrett Brown and Logan Regal versus Clark Connors and Jordan Clearwater? Um, I thought those guys were good. No one really stood out to me. Um, other than Clark Connors, of course, that guy is, uh, God, I just love watching that guy do his thing. He's going to be, uh, a future star. He knows a lot of people. I mean, I remember when we saw him live at, um, the, the J cup, right. Or right. That's the show we saw mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned with, uh, you know, in the car ride, like, you know, he reminds me a lot of Benoit, but mm-hmm. as I watched him here, I mean, that's, that's what, uh, I'm assuming Alex Kozlov, who was doing the, uh, color commentary mm-hmm. when Kevin Kelly was talking about him he goes yeah he looks very, like he he reminds me of I, I don't exactly remember what he said but I assumed he just didn't want to say Chris Benoit's name yeah but you know who he, he does remind me a lot of as well and he's not as tall but 
Paul Orndorff. Mm, interesting. The intensity, the uh, the physicality. Um, he even facially looks a little bit like him. Um, and body wise, you know, he's he's a Jack young Jack young young lad, and he's just he just his like his intensity. Like he was on, you know, he just was on another level than those guys. You know, the other guys. Um, Jordan Clearwater, tall young kid, um, seems to have some potential. Um, uh, the other two, I didn't, they didn't really stand out to me as much. Um, but we'll, I'll, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be in a couple more shows coming up, but we'll see. I was just, <laughs> I don't know these referees they got for this show, man. This is, I know Jerry Marcus is good. I like Jeremy. He, he wasn't on this show, but like this first referee, oh, I'll just call Gomez Adams. That's what he looked like to me. Just had like this bad, bad come over. <laughs> and you know me, man, I love, I love a good official. And this guy like the you know Clark Connors comes in like a like a just like a house of fire right he starts they start they start you know chest bumping each other they're pushing and shoving he's just standing back he's just standing the referee is just standing back no dude you got to get in between them because they look like idiots are not throwing any punches right ah uh, that just really pissed me off but after that the, the match is fine I thought uh, I thought overall it was, it was it was a good opener and then uh, PJ Black who looks. Who, who, is he, who is he supposed to be? Um, I think he's supposed to be some kind of like dire wolf, like Game of Thrones kind of. I don't know what he's trying to do. What was the, the Jason Momoa uh, superhero movie? Aquaman? Yeah, that's what he looked like <laughs> to me. Like he, like he should be in the water, coming out of the water somehow. Well, I know he was like the dire wolf and that's what was what his nickname which is you know i've, I've heard of that from uh, game of thrones so i just figure he's going something like that 21 year veteran they said which is just kind of crazy. blew my mind like, right God, so crazy uh, this match uh, i didn't like uh, uh, so <laughs> so it was it was a lot of uh the stuff that we see on AEW that you don't necessarily like uh pj black mysterioso blake christian against ach tjp and alex zane as everyone probably knows, I do not like TJP at all. So I was uh, I, I was totally totally fine with them losing this match. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see ACH there, knowing what we saw at the end of his uh, NXT career mm-hmm. and kind of how he acted and and you know they kind of let him go. But uh, it's kind I'm kind of wonder like you know I I don't know what what New Japan you know looks for. Uh, obviously he's a very talented guy, but just mentally he just looked like he wasn't all there. And I'm I'm hoping that he is. I'm hoping that he's totally fine because again he is very talented. But uh, just kind of it was it kind of freaked me out to see him so soon. Yeah. Well, he, he New Japan used him before, right? Yeah, because he was in the yeah he did like the, the junior tournament tag stuff. So uh, we'll see how his hit is. I know he's he's you know he's. Has some issues, and we'll see if he's he's worked through them. And you know, he has a lot of talent. Um, he definitely does. Um, this match I did not like at all. Is definitely, you know, a lot of obviously a lot of spots, but it's just like a lot of moves. They do a lot of these great moves, these great, cool looking moves. But if you really look at them, they don't make no damn sense. Their opponent has to be bent over with their ass out and waiting there for like ten seconds for you to jump, get to the top rope to do your little quick twisty flip. Like who sits there, right? It just drives me insane. Like it just, um, you know, it was just, it just was very indie. It was very indie. And I was not, uh, didn't feel like a New Japan show with this stuff. It's just, and then the opening, the opening second drove me nuts. And this is another referee, you know, Sparky Ballard, old APW referee, a premier referee. 
Um, I love Sparky. He's a great guy. But shit, man. Like, the match starts it off with the heels, who I guess were PJ Black, Mysterioso, and who else was the other guy on the team? That was, um, gosh. Blake Christian. Blake Christian. They jump the other team, and Sparky rings the bell. Are you helping them? Because <laughs> now you're helping them get the get an advantage, right? Like, no, they jump them. The bell doesn't ring yet. There's a little brawl all around the ring, and then two guys end up back in the ring. Then you ring the damn bell. Not like, not just ring the bell. Like, oh my god, just just. So it was uh, it was falling off the rails before it started. You know, before it started. But and whatever. It's just that's what they're there for to do a bunch of spots. But I don't know. Um, Alex Zane, I heard a lot about. I've seen a match or two of his. He has a good look, good body, good height, but he didn't stand out. He did a cool moves, but like personality, I didn't see like future main event guy. I see, I saw like future Evan Bourne, right? Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, but but I don't know. I I got to see more of his. I didn't see fire. I didn't see. I didn't see um, any of that. I see a guy that was uh, memorizing moves, you know. So mm-hmm. I want to see his, but he's young, so I would like I want to see him work on the work of professional wrestling, and and uh, instead of just you know working on some cool move to do. So the one of the semifinal matches in the New Japan Cup USA was. David Finley, who we haven't seen in a long time before this tournament, he defeated Tamatanga, and I was absolutely surprised to see him come out of this match. I just assumed Tamatanga was one of the name guys in this tournament and that he was going to be in the finals. So it was a nice surprise. Uh, I liked uh, Fin. I, I liked Finley uh, winning winning this match. I thought he had some energy. Uh, he had been a little bit in kind of like the, I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit on a treadmill for the last year or so after being pretty hyped as a prospect. But it was good to see him kind of, you know, kind of get back into it where he's, again, he's someone who could possibly mix it up with the company. Yeah, they I mean, he was, they were doing some stuff with him in Juice, right? As a tag, as a tag they won the tag titles. And so he, he found a place there. Um, he's really talented. I like Finn. I like Finn, Finley. I think he's he's a he's a good talent. Um, I like the story they told here. You know, once again, you know, because that was Finn. That was what Finn Juice. I think their tag team is. That's mm-hmm. Juice Robinson and David Finley beat. They beat the the Gorillas of Destiny for the tag titles at the Tokyo Dome. So here again, now again. Finley beats Tamatanga here. So I thought that was a cool little story. I like stories of like, there's that one guy you just couldn't beat, or mm-hmm. have a hard time mm-hmm. beating. There's that one guy that pitcher can't strike out. He always, yeah. he always, he always ownage, as yeah. we say. Kirk calls it ownage. Ownage here at the Bay Area. Um, I like, I like stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Finley has some really good matches. He's in this tournament so far. Uh, I, I don't know if you watched the. You said you watched the first show. I thought his match with Chase Owens was yeah. was pretty darn good. I thought it was probably the probably the best match on that show. It was good. It, it was good. It, it was just kind of funny because I was like, man, these are two really pale white guys. <laughs> watching it. But Chase is like that underrated sneaky good. You know, yeah, like yeah. he's, no, he's just, Chase he's is like, really good. He's a really good he's, wrestler. Yeah, he's really good at his at his role. You know, he's perfect. Uh, um, perfect hand, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, this is cool. Tama Tonga was looked looked really good here. He had a really good match with Brody King the night one too. Um, Brody King was pretty interesting on night one. 
Yeah, he, he looks he looks like he fits, man. I, I wonder oh, what, oh, what, yeah. what they're going to do with him. I'm sure he's I think he's still with ROH, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I so, would love to see more Brody King in uh, New Japan. He just he definitely, like he says, fits perfectly there. But I just can't get past it. I mean, Tomatonga, man, grow that beard out, bro. It's <laughs> freaking me out. Clean shaven Tomatonga. <laughs> Yeah, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy now? What, what, he's what a, he? he seemed like a bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah he know. was healing. He was healing that match. Yeah. All right. So the main event was Kenta against Jeff Cobb and a little bit of like a dream match, which was which is actually kind of cool. You could still get these kind of dream matches uh, in this day and age. I thought the match was really really good, but I didn't like the finish. I thought the finish looked klutzy and kind of like. Uh, I don't know. Just I, it's a bullet club finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bullet club yeah. finish, and you know we've seen a lot of that in New Japan recently with Evil as the champion, and a, a lot of like you know the refs kind of looking dumb. But you know, for ninety eight percent of this match, I really liked it, and it was really cool to see Jeff uh, in a, in a main event spot on a on a TV show on New Japan Television. So I thought you know just just cool stuff and. The match was good, just did not like to finish. Yes, yeah, so I feel the same. I like the match. I thought the pacing was good. I like the I like the slow pace. I like the build. Um, you know, Jeff is he's tremendous. He's such a great seller. So especially when Kenta got on top of those kicks and everything and shit, some of those kicks under damn <laughs> that first one he delivered, man. Oh my gosh, that looked that looked uh, that looked pretty nasty. Um, no, this this is a really good match to that finish. But at least you know. Gomez Adams didn't see the see the you know low blow. That was nice, you know. So he did something right. I shouldn't be on too hard the show, but <laughs> um but it was pretty good. I liked the story, you know, the, the power of uh Cobb versus Kenta striking and and Kenta really have to, you know, fight through to get the advantage. And once he does, he really pours it on and he was just like, you know, you know, a lot of people were like kind of like down on Kenta as a as as a bullet club member but like people have to understand too like he's works has to work a different style as a heel right he's he's not going out there to have these great matches of the past like when he was younger and noah he's doing all this crazy stuff on the top and doing all these just crazy suplexes and head drops and all that. that's not him anymore right he's older one all the wear and tear and two as a heel you know he's he's working at a more deliberate pace and and it was cool to see this pace, this match. Like nowadays, it's just it's just bing, 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 bing. I mean, everywhere, right? WWE and and um, AW. Like a lot of it's just like it's just like the same kind of flow. Like here, it's like it was a like it felt old school to me. It felt you know, there's 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 you could take a breath and you could see the pain on their faces and see the struggle and the moves and reversals. So I really I really enjoyed this one. Uh, so we get the finals. I think it's, is it tomorrow, right? Or today yep, for most people that listen Friday. So you get, uh, Finley and Kenta in the finals and the winner is going to, uh, get the title shot for the U S title. I just feel like they're going to be like two months down the line, but like, Oh, we can't, you know, Moxley's vacated the title and then, and Kenta wins it or Kenta or whoever, if he wins it, I'm not thinking, I don't know who wins it, but Kenta say he say he's a winner. He's automatically becomes a new champ for something like that. That's fine. So it's actually interesting because I think you know this is this is pretty oh, much it's, no no no. This is pretty much cemented 
that uh, we're doing an interview with John Moxley on Friday there night. You go. So definitely, I'm sure Dave will ask him, but if not, I will ask him about what's going on with New Japan. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll get an answer. And and if you are a wrestling observer uh, subscriber, you will get to hear that interview. John, Dave and I with Moxley. I, I did reach out to Moxley, and I was like, okay, here's what I need from you. You need a computer. And you need some mm. headphones. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know your wife is a broadcaster, so I'm sure she has all this stuff. But just in case, you know, this is all you need. And he replied back. He's like, Yeah, I'm sure my wife can set it up. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know, I wanted to. T- you know, it's cool that we talked about the show because I've been watching. I, w- I watched like the Lions Collision, the Lion Collision Course shows, and I think the New Japan style just works perfectly with the no fans. They had no fans there, right? I. Um, it's physical. It's different. It's it's you know it's loud. You know you hear strikes more. Um, I don't know. I just like I think it's a it's a fun hour of wrestling. It's it's uh, it goes by pretty quick and it's the wrestling is generally pretty good. Well, we are going to be out of here in a second, and I'm a little thrown off because I'm just like, what did we not review? Why didn't we review AEW? Oh yeah, AEW wasn't on. Like we have a normal. Review the, you want to review the Deadly Draw? Is no, no, thank you. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> you should. I'm telling you, man, it's the best comedy show of going right now. Oh, and this man. is going to be on national television. The finals. My God, pray to God, everyone. Oh well, I, I will say something that I do want to watch on the network that is outside of our normal wrestling cadence is supposedly there's a really good Brett versus Owen rivalry thing on the network. So I'm going to, I'm not like we will have time this weekend because it's nothing but wrestling all weekend, but <laughs> you know, out of our normal cadence, that is something that I would like to watch. Cause you know, that's one of, one of their greatest feuds of all time in, in WWE history. Okay. So uh, John and I will be back on uh, Saturday night after takeover and dynamite. We can't promise that it'll be up quickly after those shows because we both have stuff going on but john's gonna watch takeover live i'm actually gonna watch aew live and then quickly do the switch over to takeover um and i if i can find i'm I'm looking for somebody on on the website to actually live uh do live coverage for takeover and then i was gonna do live coverage for dynamite just so we have a little bit of dueling live coverage action going on we'll see what happens with that but yeah i mean i mean i'm pretty excited you know dynamite and takeover kind of running at the same time back to back it's going to be a lot of fun i know there's there's ufc show on uh frankie edgar um is going to fight so yeah like it's munoz so uh, it's going to be i mean it's going to be lots of stuff going on you got the nba playoffs you got major league baseball like i if you know if you if if you have like two or three tvs it's going to be a perfect day (laughs) for you to run out all three different tvs because there's so much stuff going on but uh, John and I will be back on Saturday, like I said, so listen for that. Saturday night, Sunday morning, we'll be back with TakeOver, we'll be back with AEW, and our WCW Saturday night review of the August 22nd, uh, 1992 episode of WCW Saturday Night. So, for John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. All right. Before we fully shut down this show, we cannot forget about our friends at Bet Online. Sports is back, and our, so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. John, I had a nice little 
nice nice little savings of, of money in my bet online account that I, I lost almost all of it on this last UFC 252 show. So I told you I'm going I gotta go. Don't do no damn research, <laughs> man. I gotta I gotta build it back up. I, I don't know. With baseball, with basketball, there are some opportunities to maybe uh, make make a little bit here and there, but I got to build it back up because I, I just about lost it all. Um, so check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available twenty four seven on Bet Online. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.